Hello. And welcome <laughs> no. to Wivel Do's and Wivel Don'ts. Veto. <laughs> so evil. <laughs> that's that's more than I'm prepared for. Hello, and welcome to River Do's and River Don'ts, the Riverdale Review Podcast, where each week, or <laughs> vague denomination of time, we watch an episode of Riverdale, probably from last season, or maybe even the season before that. We discuss what happened in that episode. We say our favorite thing, our River Do, our least favorite thing, our River Don't, and that piece of beautiful, ephemeral, iridescent Riverdalian weirdness that keeps us coming back, our weekly weird. I'm Quinn. I'm Kat. And I'm Rob. And today, we're discussing the penultimate episode of Riverdale's second season, Chapter 34, Judgment Night, directed... Directed. Directed. <laughs> yes, directed. Directed by Cherie Nolan and written by Shepard Boucher. Y'all ready for this? No. How could no. we be? No, I mean, this episode opens with maybe the biggest tone swing in the whole show so far. Okay. Like, it doesn't give us time to adjust. It's just bam, right in your face, right when it starts. Yes, but it whips. So we get a good old fashioned axe attack and just some shameless ripoffs of The Shining here with uh, with the Black Hood, but not quite on the level of the Twin Peaks one earlier. There are actual differences in the shot rather than literally no differences in the shot. But suddenly, Cheryl is Little Red Robin Hood with a fucking, like, she starts speaking in antiquated language and has time for a costume change during her escape from the killer. And, folks. It's good. The only way to make sense of this is that her entire fear reaction from the end of last episode was a work. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that she was playing Black Hood along enough to exit via a window instead of a door and get her archery shit. Like, she was looking forward to this. And she shoots him! <laughs> Jesus Christ! And there's a fucking heroic horn sting when she shoots him and he runs off. Wow. All of a sudden, she just is a character from Arrow. She's in the wrong CW show now. Yep. Out of absolutely nowhere. What episode? How long ago? Okay, so they set this up because they took they? the time. No, yes. Okay. <laughs> They took the time to show her. They did. They set this up. Like, a long-ass time ago. In the okay. same way that they, like, were, like, had we Betty looking into a mirror. archery. Yeah. Yeah, it was shortly after the mid-season break. Was that because when? Because it was when Hal started getting involved with Penelope. Okay. Yes. We certainly, we certainly established that she is good at archery and has special clothing for it. Yeah. Did we establish this? <laughs> I would argue perhaps not. That Cheryl's a magical Rob, girl. That's why. I think that you are dismissing all of the character development that went into, like, 
rescuing Cheryl from uh, the horrible conversion therapy camp and everything else that's happened since then. She's got action chops now. I guess. She just... She was pretending to be scared of a serial killer so that she could go get her magic archery set and do a magic costume change and shoot him. I'm in awe. I love her so much. She looks so cool. (sighs) She looks so cool. (laughs) She looks so fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, none of my suspension of disbelief was strained in the moment, because I'm like, this this fucking... Yeah, rules. I was just so happy. Like, <laughs> this slaps. I, mean, I certainly was like, well, this, we just have to just abandon everything, but it's worth it. Because here's the thing, we have to abandon all logic for much stupider reasons all the time in this show. So, like, why not just make it as cool as possible? If... If what I have to... Yeah, exactly, right? Like the... You're going to pay the cost anyway. You may as well get something good. I, might, I may as well have Cheryl be a be a little red riding hood who... Be a fucking refugee from the Arrowverse. Yeah. <laughs> Again, little red Robin Hood. She's so cool. Yeah, it's really it's really quite amazing. Um, So the serpents get fangs to the hospital. He's not dead. And that's good, I guess. Cheryl calls Betty... And is so fucking nonchalant about this situation. <laughs> like, I love this, but it's so stupid. <laughs> it's such a shift in tone and stakes. And, again, Cheryl's just an arrow character. Luckily, I was able to get to my archery set and hunting cape. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I shot to wound. She's just <laughs> so nonplussed. Matter of fact, <laughs> reporting the facts of her totally in control trouncing of this armed serial killer. She says he's he headed like into the woods animal now. where I plan to track him. <laughs> but yep. just in case he escapes, like I said, just, my she doesn't even be forewarned. Yeah, she she doesn't even yeah she doesn't even talk the same way anymore. It's wild. <laughs> But yeah, I completely bought it. This didn't bother me at all. (laughs) They made these scenes. They wrote them. They filmed them. They showed them to people. And there should be more of this in the show. I don't know what the problem is. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um... (sighs) Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, God, it. The one thing I don't like about this a little bit is that, like, the horror fan in me is like, wow, you finally got to a situation where one character was in, like, a scary spot, and you just instantly shat on it. And it's also the character who has, like, the most trauma (laughs) at this point. Yep. But now she's like, fuck it, I am a superhero. She's resilient. And, like, it's it's glorious, but it's so dumb. (sighs) Archie. Meets with the Dark Circle folks, and according to Archie, it looks like Reggie wasn't the shooter. He's not buying that. Fred wants to look for Archie, and Veronica wants to go with him, but Andre is just there. Just on the doorstep. Hey, guys. Me and my ambiguous accent have returned from exile. (sighs) Hiram delights in the chaos that he has caused over Hermione's objections because they have the ability to restore order, and Fred does not. Uh, And Hermione finally shows some fucking suspicion about possible secrets a little bit late <laughs> but uh yeah why now I... <laughs> different writer i guess minetta has already used the manhunt 
uh, for Fangs of Shooter as an excuse to just go and arrest a bunch of serpents and poor people, obviously. Jughead pulls a Batman while Mineta tries to measure dicks with FP, which was kind of great. Reggie calls Hiram for help, and it goes exactly how you'd expect. He just dumps his ass. Like, so he leaves this child that he has manipulated into getting into huge trouble to twist in the wind, and he literally smiles he and laughs to himself. And he's so pleased this, with having screwed over this boy. This is something about Hiram that, like, is starting to be really strange and inconsistent about his character. Because when stuff like this happens, he responds with a shit-eating grin on his face, but then says something that's, like, full of plausible denialability. He's just, like, he, he comes up with some vague excuse that makes it sound like he is less involved than he is. But then he leaves a fucking paper trail that proves that he's paying yep. the it's, children to be the dark amazing. circle. He's not good. Veronica has Andre pull over because she sees Midge's mother, which seems weird. Um, but Veronica has an instinct, I guess. And uh, Mrs. Klump says she may have killed things. So this is our probable second shooter situation thing going on. Okay. You can do this, Rob. <laughs> Hermione pitches the idea of a million dollar dead or alive bounty. Wait, Rob, is that even legal? <laughs> Betty asks if that's even legal. But guess what they don't do, Kat? They don't answer that question. <laughs> They don't! I watched it back! They don't answer her question! You know why? Because it's not! That's like... Uh, it's not, though! Betty, let me answer that question with another question. <laughs> if two Swiss banks close, one traveling west at 39 miles an hour, and one traveling east at 58 miles per hour... Oh, wow, this show... Writers, what the hell? <laughs> Cheryl calls and informs that she has tracked the Black Hood through the woods and warns Betty against confronting him alone because Betty is from Riverdale and not from Arrow. <laughs> he doesn't have a hunting cape. <laughs> no. Plus some number to your archery skill rolls. Archie, Kevin, and Moose have to hold off what seems like a huge zombie horde at the school, but it's the ghoulies, but we're just doing zombie horde uh, film tropes. Veronica calls and tells Archie that she delivered uh, Mrs. Clump. Uh, and, like, the conversation goes something along the lines of, She shot Fangs? And then, can you blame her? <laughs> Fucking yes! Yes, yes, you can. You absolutely can. Don't shoot kids. <laughs> He's a child. Don't shoot children. And no crime has been Don't. proven. And she... Sh it, it, it really freaks me out because it seems like the show is on Veronica's side in how things are framed. And that's really crazy. It's so bad. <laughs> uh... <laughs> But the Devil Over Life bounty. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Veronica does not like the bounty idea. Are you and Daddy trying to turn Riverdale into Gotham City? I mean, someone is. Uh, but that's more on the production side. Uh, <laughs> the Bulldogs and Serpents nearly come to blows while armed. Uh, but Weatherby shows up with a bat and a posse and a one-liner. 
And I guess he just is a higher level than they are because, like, why would this stop them? Yeah, they had their own <laughs> These baseball are like, bats. And, like, the serpents are a gang. Like, maybe he can intimidate these bulldog folks because he can cancel football or whatever. Right. But he like, has, like, the authority of being an authority figure. He has that presumed power where but like a gang, it seems like, like the, serpent the serpents should not just give tell him to fuck. shove off old man but he's, he stops them i guess um betty searches her home finding blood at the sink mm. archie and jughead meet up and jughead goes to calm the serpents down uh at the clump house and they have another moment of mutual recognition of like wow we sure do get into these shitty situations and have to defuse a bunch of crap don't we uh which is where i feel like their friendship is at its best Mm-hmm. Pop Tate calls Archie to inform him that Reggie wants to meet him at Pops. We get a lot of phone calls going on here. FP calls Betty, looking for Jughead. Also lets her know that Hal got brought into the hospital bleeding. Hold on, though. And notably does not. Hmm? Yeah. FP calls Betty's cell phone from a payphone. Yep. That's what happened. That He's got it memorized. He's got it memorized. Out of all the, like, your... I mean, she did live at his house for a while, I guess. That's the, your I, your suspension me... of disbelief popped when Cheryl was being a superhero. Mine completely blown that an adult man yeah. had a teenager's cell phone memorized. I was just like, no, what like, the fuck? I literally have I one cell phone number memorized. Mm-hmm. And it's my fiance's. Yeah. If I need to recall my own cell phone number, <laughs> half the time I need to check. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm the outlier here because I I I know a lot of numbers, but um, that might just be my brain. I have like but yeah yeah. It's from a payphone. I have a few, but I just this this one seemed a little weird to me. I was just mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, Riverdale. I know that you like that 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 small town aesthetic, but. He, he he could have it out of a book. He could have it out of... Why is it not his cell phone? This does not make sense. Why is he not just looking at a thing in his well, wallet? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, she did live at his house, and presumably during that time, maybe maybe he was going to be, like, an emergency contact yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because she was on the outs with her parents. Especially uh, because of all of the characters, he makes the least sense to be the one who would have a teenager's phone number memorized. Like, that that doesn't seem like it's in character for FP. No, it doesn't. He knows too many teenagers to start with. Like, he he leads a freaking gang. Like, it yeah. It just... It, Maybe that makes him good at memorizing people's cell phone numbers. I don't Maybe know. Maybe. It but just wasn't. It is very wasn't weird. Wasn't working. Uh, it's not the only weird thing about this phone call, though, because... He lets her know that Hal is in the hospital and that he is bleeding, but not specifically from where, which is just the most desperate way to kick the can down the road on the Black Hood thing. We all know. He was admitted with an injury. Thank you. Goodbye. It's wild because everybody knows it. Like... There hasn't been a question about this for a long time. Why would we want it to well, not be Except for that there's another like, guy with a gun. The show like, hasn't done any work to make us want it to They're still keeping that alive. Right. No, it's crazy. <sighs> it would be better for it building the tension in the scene if instead two people had arrived with arrow wounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? And like, of course, that's perfectly. They don't need to explain where the other one came from. It's Riverdale. They don't care. Well, right. It's anyway. like, oh yeah, just a stray arrow. You know, it happens. 
Veronica wants to know where the million dollars for the goddamn bounty is going to come from. And Hermione's explanation is, and I quote, your father has secret funds. (laughs) TFW, your father has secret funds. Uh, good lord uh veronica locks herself in hiram's office underneath the creepy portrait of herself to look for her money that he stole instead she finds a file literally labeled (laughs) october surprise (laughs) with evidence of fred and hermione's affair which unless hiram plans on a divorce and backing another run or having his own run or something makes little sense but having a hated sure to be voted out mayor is kind of a sad plan to have so like this is a plan that shit cans both candidates we are going to get to like what he is thinking later uh i don't necessarily think that it's smart it's bad actually i would argue but yeah you're gonna label it october surprise i guess it makes sense that the plan inside is dumb right reggie kevin archie moose them boys are surrounded by serpents at Pops, but Jughead calls and says that the serpents are handled, uh, and it's the ghoulies that's actually happening. And, like, we get a better look at these kids, and they look like a horror punk music video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Malachi just has the crow paint on, by the way. Malachi would be very attractive to a younger Quinn in a different place. <laughs> <laughs> not so much anymore He's so goofy <laughs> uh, so they're under siege uh pop tells archie that he does not have a gun but because he had enough of that in the war but we could burn some children to death with molotovs that would be a-okay yeah <laughs> i do know how to make molotov cocktails though so yep great smash cut to archie on the roof yeah he's getting ready to Burn some people to death with Molotovs, like, for real. Keller rolls up with FP and Fred in time to run off the ghoulies. Again, we've got this thing where, like, people ostensibly in positions of authority are just being in an older generation just get to <laughs> have a a fear bonus against people who have every reason to just proceed with their violence. But, yeah, hey, here it is. Hot Riverdale dads to the rescue indeed, Kevin, but may I point out that one of them is your dad, and so maybe consider rephrasing that. Yes, consider cooling your jets. You could have had anybody say that. They didn't need to it's say just... it. No, they didn't no. need to say it, but it's Riverdale, but so they were going to say it. It could have been someone who didn't inherit DNA from one of the people. Oh boy, that's gross and weird. It's so bad. Yep, incredibly cringy. At the white worm, Sweet Pea is about ready to climb the walls. He's throwing the whole situation with Fangs and the drag race and that very, very dumb plan that they had at the drag race and the whole thing with the ghoulies and Jughead's face. Uh, But Jughead's like, look, all I need is an hour. So Jughead has another plan. We'll see if it's equally dumb. (laughs) Veronica confronts Hermione with how Hiram is just using everyone as expendable assets, including her. And her insistence on believing in his competence and intentions is very, very sad. Yeah. But it's, like, played properly, because Veronica calls it out as chilling. And it is. It's, like, it's very sad and scary and abuse-y. Hiram, though, speaking of the uh, abuse man, is not happy to hear that the riot is contained. And a giant scary man shows up to shake down Pop for Hiram's location 
And before we even get into, like, the joy that is Small Fry, I have something that I have to point out. Hmm. He comes in here to Pops knowing that Pop was talking to Hiram on the phone. But the doorbell is clearly rung upon his entry well after he says Mr. Lodge in a normal speaking voice. He heard this normal speaking voice phone conversation from the parking lot. (laughs) Small Fry has super hearing. Mm -hmm. Um... Nothing that is said or done after he is within hearing distance has any identifying anything. Mm -mm. Uh, (laughs) Also, in this scene, shortly before Small Fry shows up, uh, I believe that Pop or somebody says the sentence. It just like I wrote it down because sometimes there's sentences that just like only in Riverdale would this sentence be constructed. Uh, Right, and it was he helped defend the chocolate shop from the ghoulies, and it's like hmm. Yep. I want someone a hundred years from now to try to decipher what that meant. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Betty checks on Hal's room at the hospital, but it's Dr. Masters' corpse. Oh, no. Oh, is that his name? Yep. I just wrote Dr. Found, Handsome is dead out in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> the phone rings. Black Hood says uh, this dude asked too many questions. And Betty points out that he's full of shit compared to how he used to operate. Like... This is not your code. This is not your mission as a serial killer. And, like, Black Hood doesn't have any defense. So I guess Dr. Masters, like, masturbated one time or something. Because, like, Black Hood is supposed to have an M.O. And he just killed this dude for no reason. And I'm okay with them, like, going all in on the hypocrisy there. It seems a little bit more intentional than the stuff they've been doing with Hiram. I guess. Yeah, I mean... But the thing is, they do more hypocrisy with Black Hood later that makes much more sense. And so in contrast to that, this feels like just they wanted a scary dead body situation and forgot that he kills for reasons. It stinks too because uh, well, it's, yeah. a, it's a named comic book character and they gotta stop oh, killing so those off. We're just using another one up yeah. on nothing. Yeah, there's no reason. Stop it. <sighs> yep, it is sad. Um, and he threatens that if she doesn't come to her home, he's going to kill Alice, who he has. Dun, dun, dun. Penny Peabody, we sure missed her, calls Jughead. Come alone to the docks or I torture Tony Topaz, who I have kidnapped. So that escalated quickly. Don't worry, we're going to be okay. (laughs) Uh, Betty comes home to Alice. Uh, being okay, which is a bit of a swerve, and Hal is creepily insisting on watching some home movies, so I mean, we all know where this is going. I uh, love where Alice goes as soon as this starts. She's just like, what is this? A snuff film? <laughs> <laughs> it's a home movie of Hal's mom indoctrinating him to this Black Hood purity murder mission and instructing him to push Conway Svensson, Patsy of previous episodes, to blame anyone other than Hal's dad for the murders, the Reaper murders. Wants to tell his story, including that great-grandpappy actually was the killer in the whole brother-versus-brother thing, taking on the Cooper name for a new ID, and so we've just got this serial killer dynasty yeah, they talk about going on with the Coopers. The serial killer gene, and I don't, I haven't been spoiled on a lot with new seasons at all but I've seen that this serial killer gene thing is going to come back, you guys. Oh, yeah. I heard well, it's they... dumb enough that I'm sure that they're going to do more with it. <laughs> yeah, I think they go like 23 and me on the, <laughs> on the serial, serial killer gene. 
<laughs> what a great angle. Boy. So it turns out that the reason that the Conways were killed is that they blackmailed Hal's dad about killings, about about doing the murders. So they got killed. And <laughs> I have a darkness, Alice. <laughs> There's a darkness in me. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, like, like they've been using that line for a while. He managed to like deliver that like in a more petulant teenager way than any of the petulant teenagers who have used that. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was like the least threatening that a person could be. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and yeah, the shooter at the debate wasn't Hal, so we're still waiting to figure out what the hell that is. Archie expresses actual disdain for Hiram's lack of action, which is some character development, thank God. (laughs) Fred goes to take a shower and leaves Archie alone with a ninja. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Black Hood, who knows? But Fred gives him a whack with a golf club, crucially not disarming him or making sure he's well unconscious or dead in in fine Riverdale tradition. And takes a bullet for Archie in like a nice poetic inversion, even if we arrived here by means of stupidity. And he's wearing a vest. But Jesus. Why? Why? We didn't need that. Well, I hit him once. (laughs) It is fine that there is a gun in his hand. I will go about my day. (laughs) Fred's usually so, so smart. Mm, Not now, but... Okay, anyway, maybe this is all a work, too. Like, maybe he's like, okay, I bet he's not going to shoot me in the head, and if I take a bullet for Archie, maybe my son will stop sucking so bad. Okay, that's fine. I'll buy that. (laughs) That's my Fred cannon. Yeah, that's a good Fred cannon. Hal again credits Betty's Jubilee speech for his inspiration about killing people, which is just, again, like, and says that the recording he's forcing Alice to make um now of of them is for context for those who find their bodies yeah when they find this, us that was like actually a spooky beat i was very impressed that something was carried out that was like tonally consistent for like a full minute i mean that's where we're at with this show jughead shows up with uh where penny's at but penny's got a lot of ghouly goons and cheryl just fucking shows up with a drawn bow and just gets Tony back with her archery powers and the threat of of just murdering them. Oh yeah, my notes in here says the saving is returned. This is love. Yes. Penny says that it's gonna it's it's basically your choice is to leave Southside to the Ghoulies or rumble in the park at dawn. But now we cut back to the giant scary man, small fry. Uh, who asks Andre for where Hiram's at, but says, like, you know, if you can't tell me that, like, killing his family will be okay, too. And he messes Andre up, literally breaks down a door. Again, I mentioned, Small Fry is a giant scary man. Yeah. All the martial arts in the world couldn't save Andre. Yes. The, all the martial arts. All the, the martial arts. They run into another room, do Hermione and Veronica, and they sort of barricade the door. Also doesn't work. He just still punches the fucking door down. And Hermione ventilates this guy. It's a pretty, I mean, like, there's not a lot of action because all of the martial arts could not have saved Andre. But it's a pretty scary and cool scene. It's effective. It's also, we see someone who actually wants to make sure that the person who's there to kill them doesn't succeed. (laughs) <laughs> so she just keeps shooting him and then he dies it's a uh, it's good yeah. it's good 
yeah, that's uh, the right way to. This is the right way to respond to a seven foot man breaking down two doors in an attempt to murder you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fred, Fred, take notes or don't. You did a great job of getting I mean, your son back on your side. <laughs> yep, there you go. Jughead does not want a gang death match, but Sweet Pea is too fucking angry. Um, even Tony is not like a fan of the pacifism play at this point. Uh, but FP brings order enough to announce that the hospital has uh, told them of Fangs' death. We're going to get back to this. And asks for a vote. Uh, and he wants to fight too. And like... Just... When they raise their hand to vote, they do little fang gestures with their fingers. Yeah. They really do. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be serious yeah. and I can't. Because they're snakes. I know. They're doing the work. Yes. (laughs) Back to that classic bit from literally one episode ago that's already very important. (sighs) Yep. Alice. Mm -hmm. Fuck yes, Alice. She antagonizes Hal over his mama's boy issues and his hypocrisy with with stuff. And then (laughs) with FP's magic weave. Yeah. My notes say here destroyed by facts and logic. And this is all to give Betty a chance to brain him with a fireplace tool of some sort. And then, again, in a smart character move, she hits him again after he's unconscious. I just love her so much. It's very good. She she taunts him, distracts him, and then they just they just beat his ass. It's very, very good. FP is furious that it seems that the serpents are meeting their end in the way that they are. But he sees no other way forward. Also, Jughead says the ghoulies may outnumber them. Are you ready? 100 to 1. There's no the way ghoulies in hell there's that many ghoulies. <laughs> literally have, <laughs> like, 8,000, <000, laughs> roughly 8,000 members. <laughs> Uh, did you see when the ghoulies were marching on Pops, Rob? They put in the work. <laughs> oh, God. It's like... 8,000. Eight, I mean, there's got to be what? Like, somewhere between 50 and 80 or maybe even, like, closer to 100 serpents. There's a ton of serpents. <laughs> yeah. It's a large gang. Like, like, the ghoulies is the population of a small town. <laughs> it's It's insane. It's insane. Like, somewhere in, like, the south side, under the ground, (laughs) goblins are just ripping ghoulies out of these weird growth pods. And then they get their crow makeup put on. Mm -hmm. Who do you serve? Penny Peabody. (laughs) Oh, my God. What an amazing thing to say in a show. Drughead calls Hiram, accusing him of the whole conspiracy, including paying Penny and the ghoulies to wipe out the serpents, who he couldn't buy. Um, but he, he informs Hiram that he has a counteroffer, which uh, Hiram listens to while looking straight at Penny. Like, this guy does not have a shred of loyalty in him, uh, or, or consistency, or anything. Always willing to listen to a possible advantage, uh, which he can hopefully pursue in the stupidest way possible. Hiram comes home to presumably a dead Andre. I'm not 100% sure. 
Uh, and Veronica and Hermione are going to, they tell him to go clean up the other body as well because it's his mess. I liked that. Which I guess is standing up to him. Like, it's not enough, but it's at least good. Yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, it worked for me too. Because they were like at, they were coldly at their dining table. There's another dead body in the study. Hopefully we get more of this in season three. We won't. Um, He's going to be back to being the villain with a bunch of informed power and influence. But Keller arrests Hal. But the timing of Fred's attempted shooting precludes that as well. Like that there's there's still another Black Hood thing happening. And there's a cryptic call from Jughead that sounds incredibly bleak about his potential fate. Uh, Jughead then gives himself up to Penny and the Ghoulies in exchange for no gang war. Uh, which Hiram really seems to just... Okay, I don't know what's going on here. Either Hiram completely overvalues Jughead... He's a teenage boy, so that might be true. Oh, okay. Or it's just a total lie. In which case, Jughead is such a moron. That's what I felt like. Yeah, I'm gonna give myself up and, like, I'm gonna trust Hiram Lodge to keep his word about stuff and trust Penny Peabody to keep her word about stuff. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think that that is the correct read. Yeah, I thought it was (sighs) just a lie. Yeah, and, like, Jughead's a dumb. Just a dumb. Just a big old moron. Betty calls FP about Jughead's message, and he instantly gets what's going on. Veronica confronts Hiram about this whole October surprise thing, and how there's always going to be more and more and more of those, and that he always betrays everyone. And so then we get a shot of FP carrying Jughead's out of the woods, and he is fucked up looking. Oh, Yeah. My my notes here say broken baby boy and Skeet can act. Yeah. Uh yeah. Also, like, okay. They're playing this grandson track over this scene, and it's perfect for the quiet introduction part, but this song like shifts into hundred percent banger mode <laughs> right when dramatic reve- right when the dramatic reveal of Jughead's condition happens, and it's really not totally appropriate. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's Riverdale. I don't know what you want, Rob. They're never it's gonna. It's a good song. <laughs> They're never gonna like, get the music right. It's just never gonna it's happen. Just, it's so jarring. <laughs> but that's the end of the episode for us. That's 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 Judgment Night. Holy crap! What a weird, crazy episode. Yeah, Riverdale's back on its bullshit. It just it has been flitting in and out of its bullshit throughout this season. Really. Yes. Um. What do we got? Who wants to start us off with some river adoos? Hmm. I mean, do we have unanimity? Unanimity? I cannot say we that might. Word. Do we have we a might. unanimous vote on the river do? Mine is with reservation, but I mean, I have two. I don't know which one's the runner up and which one's not, but one of them's the one you're going to well, say. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm with you, Quinn. So, I mean, it's Alice Cooper. Just for me, I mean, don't get me wrong. Cheryl's got a lot going there, and I love that. But Alice just completely wrecking Hal at the end to set Betty up. It was very good. That's my yeah. That's my real Riverdale. You know, thinking about it, that's what a victory moment. Like I wrote down her her words and everything. It just felt so good. It felt so good. Yeah, and and Mason reliably as she does acts the shit out of it because she's the best and that's the like when i first saw this it was a very long time ago right Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
now. But the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kept rewinding it and watching it again. It was just so nice to see. Mm-hmm. Like, to see her not be scared, to see her just do deal with it competently. It was good. In a scene where, like, first Fred didn't really handle something competently. Then Hermione did, but she right. was terrified. And then Alice was just like, no, I She's I've just like, no, no. This. And it's not even, rea- and it's not reactive yeah. either. No. Like, she was like, I'm going to take charge of this situation and get rid of this yep. problem competently and confidently. Yep. Because I'm, because I rule. Yeah, no, like, she took Hal's attempted power move and just completely subverted it. And he's like, no, fuck you. You don't mean anything. You're a worm. Yep. 100%. So good. Uh, oh, and, and it's like, and in an odd credit to the Riverdale writers, they also did the right things in setting up, like, a father about to kill his family. You know, that they didn't, yeah. based yeah. on what the news tells us that is. They were doing all of those things um, and let it be kind of scary and uh, and the things that you'd, like, expect it to be. And, uh, man, she just handled it so well. It was, oh, no, what it, a lovely moment. It was competently set up. Like, they were they were handling the tension well. And then there was this great moment of release when Alice finally just went for it. Yeah, that was good. My runner-up Riverdo that really should be a weekly weird, but it felt like a Riverdo in my heart, of course, is yeah. Cheryl. Um, just the bizarre, complete change of her character in one moment, and like the fucking implication that she lured Hal in so that she could get her archery stuff and shoot him. Mm-hmm. Throughout the whole episode, because she's just like calling people and people are calling her and she doesn't change she just stays in badass Cheryl mode it's very cool yep she's just a superhero now she's just a street level superhero and they are sticking with it <laughs> amazing uh yeah yeah river don'ts I guess what was your river do cat one of those yeah two I mean I can't there is nothing it's there were good things this episode, but nothing tops that. You know, the, those were just so positive that there's. They were so. Yeah, those were good. those were the good bits for mm-hmm. sure. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, River Don'ts. Um, Who's got them? So I I had one written down, and I think I'm going to change it based on some of the stuff that we just talked about because at this point, I think my River Don't is we are one scene away from Hiram in the middle of a river standing atop a frog who is slowly sinking as the frog asks Hiram why did you stab me and Hiram says because it is my nature yeah yeah no one should ever trust him at all he should not be able to do villain things anymore because it's too obvious that it's a bad idea to ever help him well that would be fine if he were attractive enough in some way right like, you can have the right. Scorpion character if there's a reason to want from him, but he's not powerful enough or interesting enough or wizened enough. They don't need from him. Right. No, exactly. Like, there's no motivation. It's just like, hey, would you like to get stabbed in the back? <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, there's a line out the door. <laughs> there really is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, again... They started off kind of sprinkling in like, oh, okay, maybe he's got something to offer here. And then occasionally he'll do weird stuff like decide 
he needs to flex on Archie by being a wrestling coach or whatever. Yeah. And over yeah. time, just all of the pretenses of him having anything that is not just compulsive betrayal has fallen away, and it kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, he's really evolved into a shit villain. Um, I have a runner-up, Riverdale, uh, which is Veronica's intimation that, like, <laughs> that Mitch's mom was justified in <laughs> shooting a child. <laughs> <laughs> who there was no reason to believe yet was actually guilty of anything. Yep. Yeah, that's that's fucked up. That's that's bad. And like in most episodes that would be my river don't. Uh but it's a runner up because this whole thing with Jughead saying I will give myself up in exchange for there not being a gang war when he has no leverage. It just Jughead is supposed to be canny and smart and like at least street smart like he's had all this experience with the serpents and stuff and like at the end he just has nothing no and he's completely stupid and he like we know he's not gonna die because he's an important main character and teen heartthrob cole sprouse but like he gives up his life basically for absolutely nothing and it's so dumb and so obvious that's a fair one uh the the jug makes a lot of decisions that feel like that i mean i think he thinks that i think more than the other kids jug thinks he's way more important than he is oh absolutely oh hell yeah absolutely yeah sucks to see um yeah and like really only only betty and veronica are actually important by virtue of who their parents are like the other two really aren't important like they don't have the same type of relationship with their important parents. So, yeah, weird stuff. Mine I think is uh it's similar to all well, similar to like many a river don't in the past from me. <laughs> but uh it's it's Betty's is that even legal um that then gets completely skirted over. It's the you know it's yeah. it's the fact that the, that there is a standing dead or alive bounty in this town at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that's... So this town is like... There are so many things about it where I look at it and I'm just like, this is a scary freaking place to live. And it doesn't operate under laws that... No, it's written by aliens who've never <laughs> lived in an American town before. Yeah. This is not America, at least. It's just a scary, scary place. Yeah, it's a very, very scary place that wants very bad to do Nazi stuff. Yes, but like, exactly. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and cut in here and say that that is my weekly weird. Your river don't is my weekly weird. Like, maybe not just, just the fact that there's a dead or alive bounty, but that Betty lampshades how fucking weird and crazy that is but they don't do anything with it it scares me all the time how much riverdale is just like a scary nazi place scares me all yeah, the time it really, it's terrifying it really um so that's my current no no thanks and like that's your Fair. guys are very good and if you hadn't done them i'm sure that that would be more you know ahead of the game for me because sure, like sure. 
emotional consistency and how bad our villains are and blah, blah, blah does take priority first. But then as soon as you whittle that away, just the fact that we are left in a town that is that doesn't work. And no, uh, no, it's, a, um, no, it's, a no it's not a believable town. setting. Mm hmm. It's a yeah, it's an upsetting setting. Uh, Man, remember remember the good old days when people just complained about how like the municipal resources of Sunnydale made it seem like inconsistent how big or how small the town was <laughs> over <laughs> different seasons of Buffy, and that was something that was worth complaining about. Oh, yeah. sweet summer children. <laughs> uh huh. Cool. Oh. So yeah, yeah on to right. weekly weirds. Yeah. 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 Um. I yeah, mine was that. Yeah, and then mine is um I think it's the fact that Pop Tate doesn't keep a gun but is ready to make Molotov cocktails at the drop of a hat. Yeah, mine's similar. I didn't know why that scene was taking place at Pop Tate's. It just felt like we were just setting it there so that we'd have Ghoulie's Molotov cocktail fight. I just yeah, couldn't figure out I don't know. I don't know. I saw enough gun violence in the war. I can only get off to more painful deaths than that. <laughs> Stop doing things to Pop Tate. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's too pure for these writers to write him. I don't like it. Uh... All right. <laughs> I think that brings us to the end yep. of another episode of River Dews and River Don'ts. It does. Thank you for sticking with it. There's only one more in this season, folks. One more in this season. It's a wild and... If I remember we'll... properly, I think I really liked it, this next one. I have watched it the most recently, but I also don't have any physically written notes on it. Okay, well, we're gonna... Because last time I watched it, I was like, I'm just gonna keep it up we're, here in my noggin. We're gonna, and I, we're gonna I... discover this adventure together when we return at some point... <laughs> for chapter 35 brave new world we'll see you then see you then